I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. We're not you fools! Mucha crema tus tacos y se te quema el arroz. Hell yeah, move on. Buenas tardes, mi gente. We are here once again for another episode of For Christy Cultura. And today we are continuing our series on God's fingerprints. And I am Caro, a.k.a. La Colombiana, a.k.a. También La Cachaca, para los que entiendan lo que significa eso, a.k.a. I love mustard on everything and everything with mustard, a.k.a. I also cook everything with ajo. If you know what I mean. <laughs> AKA from the 305. AKA. Yeah. Classical I hate wearing my mask. Because I can't breathe. Who, mm -hmm. who can relate? Who can relate to this? Say that. <laughs> and, and I'm here with my co-host. Josue Garcia. AKA Philly Sway. AKA 215 Assassin. AKA the new Broad Street Bully. But I'm nice. So I kill him with kindness, a.k.a. I drink juice, a.k.a. I am juice, a.k.a. I'm on the roof, juice, a.k.a. my son's sleeping. You know what it is. And I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, Jonathan. Give it up, bro. I think he forgot his AKAs. <laughs> was that was that cr crickets that I heard in the background? <laughs> my name is Jonathan. My name is Jonathan Gonzalez, aka El Cricket, aka John the Presby, aka El Presbicano, aka I only like ranch from Pizza oh. Plus. If you if you from Reno. You already know what it is. Aka I love chicken wings. Aka give me all the tacos that you think that i would like and i will eat it no matter what it is no matter what kind of tacos even if it's even if if it's like let me tell you some insects so when i even if it's insects i'll eat that taco. oh gosh yes and the people from el distrito federal know what i'm talking about aka today is my my special day i guess Yes, like I said earlier, we are continuing with our series, God's Fingerprints, and we have already, you have all already heard my story, you have already heard Sway's story, hopefully, and we are continuing with our, with El Presbicano's story, and we will find out why he, his AKA is El Presbicano. Dang. <laughs> we, we're going there, huh? We're going there first. First question, Jonathan. Why do you <laughs> baptize babies? <laughs> Not just kidding. <laughs> no. So as we have, as we have been saying throughout the series, we are, we wanted to do this with the aim to one, show our listeners who we are, but mainly 
share with our listeners and with each other and re-listen that like the grace that God, grace and faithfulness that God has had over our lives from the beginning of time, basically. And so if you guys remember from my story and from Sway's story, we started from the beginning and whether we were believers from ch- like from childhood or not, like we can th- trace back how relentless God has been in our lives. And, and yes, sit back and let's listen to Jonathan's amazing story. So before we get to that, I wanted to give you guys a warning before we start so you guys would be aware. I say something at the end of this podcast that you may not want your children to know or to hear. So this is a warning. (laughs) It isn't that I'm, you know, my my story is crazy, but I say something very personal and something that happened to me that is very real. and, And I question myself if I should put it in the podcast. Um, but I came to the conclusion that it is something that happened to my to me and something that is real in my life. And uh, yeah, the world needs to know. So without further ado, God's fingerprints, John's story. Here it is. I want to know what was what, Jonathan, what was what's your earliest childhood memory that kind of shaped or has helped shape who you are when i was three we came over and i remember one time i was trying to order a hamburger for my mom because we we had barely got here we didn't have no family we had no nobody my mom didn't and i was with my mom and i remember going to the drive-thru and the way i thought that people spoke english was was it was gibberish to me so when i went to go order a burger for my mom i spoke in gibberish <laughs> so i was like what? <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that actually carried through to my earliest friends here in the united states they spoke in english so i would speak to them in gibberish which i thought was english so I would like talk to them, like, you know, like some gibberish language. Like my mom would say that, that they, that they, like they, it's like they understood me, even though I was speaking like gibberish. She's like, no sé cómo te entendían, pero te entendían. <laughs> so I would say that that, that memory kind of shaped me because as, as we'll get into I, I I kind of always have felt like an outlier, like somebody different, the different person of the group of whatever. Someone that doesn't fit in. Yeah, fully. Somebody that doesn't fit in fully. So I've always felt like the black sheep, the the outlier, the the different one. So um, I remember even back then, I I felt like I was another. You know, with people who look like me, talk like me, and and they were kids like me. Mm, that's dope, man. That's a dope story, brother. Like, like, Shakira, like Shakira was like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. 
So you mentioned when you mentioned something about you when you got to this country. Can you start off by or continue, I guess, by sharing about your childhood? Like, what was that like? And that was Mexico, right? Yes. So I was not born here. I was born in uh, Mexico City. I was born okay. in in I can't even I can't even pronounce it <laughs> where I was born. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. But I lived and I grew up in 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 a section of the city called Naucalpan. That's where I grew up. That's where my family um, had had their house. That's where they you know they did their thing. So I grew up in Naucalpan. Um, it's it's a place. A district, or I don't know what it is, a barrio of, of Mexico City. Okay. And so I was born there. I'm a 90s baby, so I was born in 1992, September 10th, 1992. And um, I was born, I had, I, at that time, my parents were still together. And so my, my dad's name is, is, is Gustavo, and my mom's name is Yolanda. Like mm-hmm. it says on my chest right here. Oops, wrong chest. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so her name's Yolanda and so I was born there. I I think I was very loved from the very beginning. I was an only child. I was my the firstborn from and and the only one from my mom and my dad's relationship, marriage. Mm-hmm. Um so I was the first grandson. I was the first uh, child, so I was very loved um mm. when I was a kid. So my my grandma, mi abuelita, mama mucho like she, and and my tia that lived with her um, loved me very much. So I was raised there until I was three years old. I was raised Catholic until until we came to the United States. So we came to the United States when I was three years old. My mom was following my dad because my dad wanted to leave. And, and a lot of my tios and, and family members had left. Have They, they came over to this country. And my mom had had already started having problems with my dad always from the very beginning. My dad was was not a good husband. He was he was not like a faithful man. Mm-hmm. So so my mom was already struggling with with my dad a lot. In fact, my mom tells me that I even have another brother from my dad's side that that was like that I have another brother. She's always told me that like you have another brother. He's older than you. Oh wow! He's, yeah, he's like one year older than me. Mm. I think that's what she says. But uh, so so you know they they had problems already. But 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 my mom loved my dad, and he was coming over. So she she came over with him and followed him to to continue the marriage, to to save the marriage, I guess. So we came when we were three. We we were illegal. We crossed the border. I don't know the exact details of how we did it, but all I know is that we came through San Isidro, California, in Southern California, and I got sneaked in somehow, and we got caught the first time coming in, and they kicked us out, because back then, you didn't have to go through no process. Like They would literally catch you crossing, and they would just, just put you on the other side of the fence. What? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, they would. They just put me on the other side of the fence, and uh, so my parents crossed again. They had. They had me there somehow. I crossed with them. Was that back to back? 
like the same the yeah. same day yeah, was, so no, yeah it, it was back to back i don't know i think yeah i think it didn't take that long we crossed the first place we went to was was los angeles and we only stayed there for about like six months we didn't stay there long because because a lot of my family even though we had my dad had some uh distant relatives in la we had more relatives already established here in reno uh, Nevada. Oh, okay. Yeah, so so my parents, my parents said, you know, my I guess my uncles was was telling them like, hey, like, we got we got you a spot that you can live in, blah blah blah. We'll help you out. So so we moved to Reno, and I've been here since I was three. So we didn't we didn't uh, we didn't last much in LA. So the the earliest memories of 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 Reno's is we got here when it was winter time. It was December and in Reno. We get all the seasons. We get uh, summers, hot, hot summers. Like today was like 90, 98 or something. 98. Wow. And it's dry heat. It's no humidity. It's dry heat. And we get snowy winters. We get fall, like, you know, a full fall, spring, everything. Wow. Um, so we got so you've here. you've been living that since age three? Yeah. So we got okay. here. I was three years old, and it was cold. It was around Christmas time, and we landed at my tia's house, and we lived there for, I, I think, quite a bit. Actually, we we lived there for 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 about like two two years, a year two years. Okay. What I remember of that time is like they they were gone a lot, and they would leave me with my cousins, and with my tias, and. At this point, my parents were still together, and when they came over here, I think one of the biggest memories that I remember of my parents being together is that they like love to go dancing and and party. So I remember like vividly like them leaving me with my cousins and them going to like el baile, you know. Mm. Uh, so my mom at this point, she wasn't a Christian. My dad wasn't either, and so they they were just I don't know working and. You know, not thinking about God, not thinking and just living their lives. And I was little at this point. But eventually I went to school. And I think, like I said earlier, like I didn't know any English. But <laughs> I, I would make it up and I would pretend I did know English. So they put me in ESL right away. I, from the very beginning, okay. I think I had ESL, which is English as a second language. Uh-huh. It's a program called English as a Second Language. I, I had ESL to about like, I don't know, like fifth or sixth grade. Oh, wow. Yeah. How was that experience like being an immigrant in Reno, Nevada as a as a child? So Reno is, is I wouldn't say it's di diverse for sure, but there is a lot of Mexicans here. So I always had like raza around me, and and that's that's all we like all we knew until I went to school, because you know all my my fam all my family, all my parents friends that they they made and everybody was was Mexican. When I got to the to school, still lived in a predominantly Hispanic area, so there mm. wasn't there was a couple like white white boys. There there's not many black people here. And I made friends with like Filipino people and stuff like that. So I guess at that point I didn't. It was I felt strange because I didn't know the language. 
I didn't have m many friends. And, and honestly, I, I didn't really have any friends, like, like really good friends till, till later, till way later, till about like when I started like middle school. So all my elementary years, I was always like outcasted. I was never like the cool kid. I was never like popular. I look pictures at myself now and like I thought I was cute, but like girls at that time, you know, they didn't think I was cute. Uh, so no, you know, I didn't, I didn't have that. Even like in sixth grade, fifth grade, all that, like people, people didn't pay attention to me. I, I, all my friends were like weird kids, like outcast kids. Okay. Growing up, so that that uh, I think that's a very important thing of my life because because I I didn't fit in with everybody else. In the very beginning, I felt like outcasted, you know. Mm. And and so I I never was the cool kid in elementary, and even in middle okay. school when I got there, I I still was like struggling to fit in. But yeah, so I guess life as an immigrant here, it was since I was so small, I, I felt it. But at the same time, I couldn't really grasp it mm -hmm. as much because I was three. Um, yeah. And and it was hard for me to speak English. But then I think once right away when I started school, I think I picked it up pretty quick. But I still had like a like an accent. And you if you know, our listeners could say like, I, I, I don't speak very well either english i stutter a lot and mm -hmm. i think about words and i like it's like in my brain i think about stuff and then like it processes it for me to say it like how to say it like in my mind it sounds right but then when i start speaking it like i say things backwards and it like it just i don't know i've always i i honestly didn't think i i had that problem until i started doing this podcast and I'm mm. like, and I told my wife, like, do I, do I talk like this? Have I always talked like this? And she's like, yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> You've always <laughs> talked like this. And I'm like, wow. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't know. So my English isn't, isn't very good. And my Spanish tampoco is. Okay. Yeah. In Puerto Rico decimos que mi inglés is not very good looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, I thought, oh, yeah, what, what, what were, what, what was your earliest memory of, or, or, or not, not earliest memory, but when, when was religion aside from the Catholic church kind of introduced mm. yeah. in your life? Yeah. So it was, it was pretty early. Actually, when I was five, my mom started attending a Christian church. And that's when it that's when things got serious um, at, at, in my house, because back then, I, like I said, I remember them like still like partying and and, uh, you know, doing just living life normal, I guess. My parents, like I said, my parents came into the United States with having problems. And when we got here, they still had problems. My dad still was the same person. You know, I, I don't know. I guess. I don't want to blame everything on my dad, but my dad is who he is. And, you know, I don't know, whatever, for whatever reason, you know, he, he just, he just didn't, I don't know, didn't want to be with my mom, I guess. And uh, so they were struggling. And I remember that. So growing up, I always remember that with my family, when I think about my mom, and my dad, I always think about them. And it wasn't, it wasn't like petals and roses, you know, it wasn't like a, like a good thing 
Like I like the good things about it was to me was when they were together and when they were you know like consentirme take me places. But other than that, like at home, like it was not good with them. You know, I mean you could tell like they they weren't good. So so my mom had a friend from Naucalpan that she grew up with and he lived in Reno. So I don't know how they got to I don't know how or what like brought them back together. But they, that dude found out that my mom was in his city. So he was a believer. And my mom and my dad were having like tough problems. They were like about to get divorced. And so this came at the perfect time. So this brother that I grew up with, my mom, came to the house. We lived in like a little room. It was, it was like a garage that was converted into a, like an apartment. So it was a small, small garage, and it was a it was a little apartment. It had like a little stove that you would plug in, a little sink, a little bathroom, little everything. And mm-hmm. we lived all three of us lived in this one room. It was just like a studio. And he came over and he he shared the gospel with my mom. He heard my mom out of what she was going through with my dad, and and at this point, my mom had horrible nightmares. She's always had a like horrible nightmares and from the very beginning of her childhood to adulthood to when she got here to the united states she had horrible nightmares and i think that's why she was interested in religion because not necessarily much about my dad because my dad has always been this way since my mom knew her so he she wasn't really thinking like oh like there's we could change or something but it was more like he was she was having bad dreams that were like haunting her. Mm-hmm. And and she's like, he was asking El Hermano Alex, his name's Alex. She was like, but like, is this real? Like, you know, she was talking about like the spiritual world and like, why do I have these dreams? Like, I feel like they're haunting me. And at this point in that room, I started having dreams. The same kind of dreams at this point. I I had this like wolf, like like a wolf, like a werewolf kind of thing chasing me. And, and and it would like give me nightmares and it would chase me all in my dreams and everywhere I went. Since I was little, I remember like my biggest nightmare was this werewolf thing that would chase me and haunt me. And I, I remember I told my mom that one time and she, she freaked out because that was the exact same dream that she was, she, she was, she was, she used to have when she was little and she was still having this dream. What? And she had never told me. So that's what was freaking her out because she's like, she's like, look, like, I don't know. Maybe it's because, you know, one time I played with like La, La, La Ouija or, or something, but this is like come t- to my child and I don't know what to do. Like, I don't want him to, to live like in fear and live with these nightmares all his life. Mm-hmm. And I was having them like every night, like I would wake up and sweat and it was horrible. Like it was horrible. I would like dream of them taking my parents away. I would dream of them like kidnapping me. I would dream of them like calling me. So that's how my mom started getting interested in that. And my mom's and and I don't know exactly what the brother told my mom, but my eventually she, he shared the gospel with my mom. And my mom went it, like I don't know the details, but all I remember is he came to our house one time. She was going through it. She told him about our dreams, and she started going to church. We went, and they had a 
they had a drama they had a drama night and i think that's one of the first times that we went and my mom i remember that's the day she she like gave herself up to the lord she like went up to the front they did like an altar call kind of thing and she's like you know i don't want this for my son like i don't know she was convicted of her sin and she's never turned back ever since wow so i was like five Um, years old at this point five years Mm -hmm. okay so i'm 20 27 and my mom has been a christian that long wow yeah Wow, so that's God. that's the first time that I thought and religion really came part of my family. So after that, we were Christians. And mm-hmm. and back then, you know, that that church was a strict like Pentecostal church, so our whole lives changed. Like everything changed. We threw out everything. We we just disconnected from our families. We just it just took over. And, and and that's what I remember. I remember from my early childhood going to church, going to, you know, I was always like a little troublemaker kid. And I was always like a, like a, at church, I was kind of like, kind of like um, popular or liked by the other kids. But at school, I was like a total like dork. Nobody, nobody liked me. But at church, bro, I was like the bad kid. So like everybody like you know, was obsessed with me. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like the, the, the little kids wanted to be my friend and little girls had crushes on me. Like the, the, the diaconas like would chase after me because I would like run the, in the service, I would like open the doors and run in the service. While the service was g- going, I would run through the halls. <laughs> like, like there was oh no tomorrow gosh. and like you would just see me running and then two like a diacono and a, and a diacona would just like be chasing me and oh yeah, yeah um so so at this point like you're just going to church because your mom is like is going to church every sunday yeah. right okay yeah. but yeah. there that you could remember was there any like connection to like a personal connection to to Christianity. So the way that I describe my story or my testimony specifically, how I came to faith to people is that I feel like God's been saving me my entire life. Like he's been drawing me to himself my entire life. Little by little. Even when I thought I had it, I like, I, I can't, think about a point in time like December 22nd 2000, you know like I can't okay. think of that but I like looking back at my life I see the Lord working and doing these things and instilling little things in me and saving me you know okay so at this point I I started you know learning about Jesus learning about all these stories and and uh, the Bible and going through like Sunday school and and going to church really did teach me that there was a God. Mm. So that's what I learned from an early age. That there was a God. Like okay. how that connects with Jesus and salvation. May, may, that wasn't there. But there is a mm-hmm. God. And he's watching me. Protecting me. And he's doing things in my life. Okay. So that was very clear to me. Because I'll give you a good example. When, when I was in school. There was... In elementary school, there was this one time where this kid's, 
I don't know what happened. We got into an argument and he slapped me in the face. He slapped me. And instead of like socking him back up, I turned the other cheek. I literally turned the other cheek and say, hit me again, but on my other cheek. So, so the dude was like, what? And I was like, yeah, hit me again on my other cheek. And I did that because I, I remember sitting in, in the sermon with my mom. And estaban estaban predicando de si tu si tu si tu si tu, te, si tu enemigo te te te, te pegan en la mejilla volteate y and and turn to the other and let him have your other or something like that you know what and I took that seriously and mm. when I ha when that happened to me in school this dude's like slapped me and I I literally told him like here's the other one like slap the other one and this dude was like who the hell are you like he wasn't expecting that you know and that was the very first time I got in trouble in school and that wouldn't be the only time but that was the first time so a lot of the things that that you know that I was being being raised up in and taught about like did stick to me you know Maybe it didn't hit the heart yet, but it did stick to me in my mind. I knew there was a God. I knew that the Bible was true. I knew that Jesus was the only way. But like I said, I didn't make those connections, but I knew that that was real. Okay. So I Yeah, so I, I guess maybe continue walking us through how, like, like, what that looked like. Like, what God saving you looked like moving forward. Okay. Because so, I think that's pretty, pretty important point to share how God has been relentlessly pursuing you yeah, and how you've been aware of that, which is awesome. Yeah. So my parents, after many years of being here together, they eventually got a divorce and the divorce came because of because of domestic violence. And I had to call the cops on my own dad. And oh, I was wow. young. I was really young. And I remember my mom screaming and telling me, like, Johnny, Johnny, llámala a la policía, por favor, llámala a la policía. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to, the, going to the phone, answering the phone down to 911 and telling them that to come because my, my mom's hurt and my dad hit my mom. So... I think in that time, a lot of things happened. So we were going to this church, the one that my mom got saved in. And when this divorce happened, this church was very, I guess in words that 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 we, we could say now, it, it was very patriarchal. So they, they literally thought of women as like second class. And they were, they had no voice. And, and the husband was always right. So when my mom, this happened with my mom, they took my dad's side. And oh, wow. yes, and my mom, my mom has always been a very strong woman. And she gets that from my grandma. So mm. she's been a very strong woman. So she's, she's, she's like a feminist in the old school way, not like a new school freaking like, like cut off your, your, your hair and like wear no bra kind of person you know like no not like that not crazy but like an old school classical like feminist you know so she's very strong strong woman and she just thought that was wrong and it was wrong not because she's a, she, you know but it was wrong they they, they took my, my dad's side and and they didn't 
counsel her. They didn't. They said that she was wrong, that she should wow. stay with my dad. And that broke her heart. And was she, that because she was trying to like get uh, divorced? And yeah, so she was trying to get divorced. So she was trying to seek for counsel. This this thing was happening at home. And, mm -hmm. you know, my dad was doing other things on top of that. And they just said, stick with her. Wow. So at this point, I guess Jesus became my mom's all. So she started mm -hmm. going in way more. And at me, for me, I started going downhill after that because at this point i was probably like in second grade and okay. and first kindergarten first and up to second grade i had like i was a really good student i had like a student of the month at one point i think my first grade was like student of the month and besides that uh conflict that i had with that dude that i that i that slapped me and i put the other cheek like that was the only time i would get in trouble at school but after that like That was one of the things that really did affect my life. The divorce. Yes, the divorce, my family splitting, the violence. Like, I don't know. I don't, yep. you know, I don't know. I, I didn't think that it did until later. So as a kid, okay. you know, I, I, I didn't know how to understand it. I didn't know how to take it. I just did. I just acted. But like when I look back at my life, I did things. I acted certain ways because of that. And it affected me. Now I can say that, you know. But while I was going through it, I didn't think it affected me like like, like it did. But it really did. It affected me. So my mom at this point, she like instilled in me so much. Be, because she, she would say that like God is our only hope. God is our refuge. Like she had so much faith in God. And, so, and she loved Jesus. And she instilled that in me. And she really poured out and made me realize that God is our refuge in the truest sense. He is our rock in the like. He's our only. He's our everything. And so I, I, I started going downhill my my grades and I started rebelling. I started not caring about school. And my dad, my dad. I don't know, found somebody else and started another family with, with, with her. And, I, and mm. I think if I'm, if I'm right, I think that's the whole reason they, they started arguing. And that's the whole reason like my mom got hit because she found out or something. So that was mm. introduced. So my dad went to jail and he got out and I think he had some kind of resentment with me because I remember him telling me like, how could you call the cops on me kind of thing. Mm. And but but then I find out that he's with somebody. He moved. He so he moved out of our house and moved in with some lady. And right away she introduced me to that lady, which is now his wife. You know. Never walk by side, no. I don't understand your ways, but I know Moving back, so I started being a bad kid. So I'm going to skip a lot of years. One of the things that happened to me is in church. While we were still going to attending that church that my mom got saved in, I experienced some foul stuff at that church. And, and it 
like I, even that, like I don't think that if I, going through it, I didn't think it affected me until later. But one of the things that happened there is that the pastor would try to reach down my pants. And he he did. So he did. He would. And and, and it got to the point where where um he 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 would do it that I remember walking into church. And like, like walking into church and like, I, you know, I wear a belt, you know, we wear belts. So I would, I would like put my belt like, like hella tight, you know, just so like when he tried, like he wouldn't be able to like reach, you know. And I don't know why I didn't tell anybody. Like my mom from very, from the very beginning had always told me like, if anybody does this, if anybody does this, like you got to tell us. And, and I was even afraid, like. Walking down the street, I would I would always think that somebody was gonna kidnap me and like do some stuff like that, you know. Wow. Um, so this dude would do that to other kids. That's that's all I remember. Like there would be times where where we would be like doing like a little special skit or something for the church, and the dude would go in the back and have the kids lined up. And right before we went on the stage, he would literally like do that to all the kids. Plus, we never had much green, so I never did dress fashionably. Everybody wore the same old smile, but it was just a mask to me. I saw through the hypocrisy when the pastor made a pass at me. That bastard had a class of us and kept asking us to do nasty things to the point I have the baddest dreams of savage things attacking me. We moved away, but you could say the tragedy had a lasting reach. Blocked out any memory, still can't stand to hear no pastor priest. By now I'm about 11, and I've learned life comes with hazards, B. Sometimes I just break out in tears. Yo, I know that that was a pretty heavy note to drop this, to leave this episode here. But I think that this is a good place to end it. You know what, like listening back to this as I'm editing just brings back a whole bunch of memories and a whole bunch of feelings. But you know what? God is good. Through all the darkness that you will see in my life. And through all the times where you think that a story is about to end. And God finally comes through. And you know my, my, my life is ups and downs. And I, I've been through so much. But God is faithful. He's been saving me. Like I said. From the very beginning as far back as I see. I see his fingerprints. God's fingerprints in my life. Drawing me to himself, using the good, the bad, for his glory. So, I'm excited for you guys to see, to hear the rest of my story. And I hope that God gets all the glory. Parte 1 was my childhood. And and before I go, I want to say that um, my childhood wasn't always dark. Um, and it kind of seems that way, looking back, editing this. But I just wanted to talk about these two things that changed my life and next week we go to my adolescence so with that being said for crazy cultura see you next week i went from good kid to a hood kid seemed like the change came overnight life cloaked him with a heart that's frozen rolling on a stolen bike smoking like a chimney with a semi sitting in that holster tight and every other word was blood no love for who we post to fight went from praying prayers like lord i love you i keep you close i I don't know if you even there 
just help me not get smoked tonight So enticed by the thought of being loved I'd pay the coldest price I done sat inside a cell for niggas And was never even thrown a kite Rebelling against the God I hate I blamed him for my load in life What made it worse I played with curses